Maximum Health with your host, Dr. Ken Gray. Dr. Gray obtained his master's in both acupuncture and oriental medicine from the Atlantic Institute of Oriental Medicine. Dr. Gray enjoys both being a physician as well as being an educator. His unique approach to holistic healing has taken him abroad to lecture in Germany and treat sports professionals in Hawaii and France. He is co-author of several books on food therapy. His office is in Jupiter, Florida, where he has practiced for over a decade and where he resides. Now it's time for Maximum Health with Dr. Ken Gray. back everyone this is maximum health radio um, and this is quality living it's what we're about and um, as, as usual it's yours truly dr ken gray thank you for joining us every friday at 7 p.m eastern standard on 88.9 fm wqcs also uh, various podcasts were available via itunes um, apple itunes as well as uh, tune in and um, well just we're out there so please keep in touch and you can always email me dr ken at drkengray.com that's g-r-e-y no punctuations there look forward to hearing from you and as always we have wonderful guests every week wonderful amazing people brilliant people from around the world that uh, specialize in various things and i like to just have conversations and uh, today's conversation is much needed there's been so much talk, at least in my office and with my patients, as well as probably all across the globe, about the current state and use of stem cells, um, the future of it, how it plays into our health, well-being. Um, is it a cure? Is it dangerous? Should we fear it? Should we embrace it? Should we ask about it? And who do we ask? Um, so I, you know, in my, my journeys, I come across someone that I have here in the studio now, which has intrigued me, enlightened me, uh, taught me a lot about the real base of stem cell knowledge, which is really in immunology and transplant and um, how many things can be done and the way that it can be triggered in the human body and utilized and and the safety about it, as well as the 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 parts that are unsafe that are being practiced. And uh, so we have Dr. Maharaj in the studio. Thank you for joining us. Good morning, Dr. Gray. It's a pleasure <laughs> to be here. And yes. uh, thank you very much for having us here. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. So we've had a few conversations, and I'm still obviously learning up until we turn down this, the, <laughs> the volume here for our listeners, um, that really your background in immunology is what helps to bring the expertise of stem cell transplantation. Yes. I, I think that um, in your introduction, you talked about the fact that people uh, are recognizing the, the importance of stem cells, and you hear about it everywhere. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that one of the components that um, many, many people are, th are understanding is that stem cells and the work that has been done in stem cells leads to the future, which is the future of medicine, which mm -hmm. is regenerative medicine. Mm. So if we look at stem cells from a basic point of view and we take the human body, uh, <coughs> there are 200 different types of tissues in the body. And each of these tissues were formed from a single 
uh, from, a, from a stem cell. And that's where people begin to, to uh, think about embryonic stem cells. But an embryonic stem cell is, is for each individual has embryonic stem cells during the first uh, few days of life. Mm-hmm. And each of those stem cells, those embryonic stem cells, then differentiate to form what we call an adult stem cell. Right. And the adult stem cells are present in every single organ of the body. But the bone marrow is the, is, is a, is the organ that has the most abundant source of stem cells that are there for a purpose. Right. And the purpose of the stem cells in the bone marrow, one of the main functions is to restore our uh, immune system. It mm-hmm. also functions to form the cells of our blood. As you know, if we don't have blood, yes, we can't live. Right. If we don't have uh, s- the immune system, we can't live. Mm-hmm. So two critical functions, and that's mm-hmm. the reason why when we were born, um, the modeling that we have shows that w- uh, we have approximately 20,000 stem cells that are in the bone marrow. Mm-hmm. And every year, one of these stem cells, and that's in a, like a reserve compartment in the bone marrow. So you have to think of it like this. You know, these long-distance trucks? Yeah. They have two tanks. They have a reserve tank, and then they have the, the fuel tank that actually fo- gives the, f- the, the truck the fuel right. to go over the long distances. But when the tank, the fuel tank that's driving the truck runs out, the reserve tank tips over. Right, right. And that's the way that the stem cells work. We have our reserve tank, and if we maintain that reserve tank well, then what's going to happen is that we'll have health. Right. Because those cells. And longevity. Because those cells are actually, uh, every year, one of them actually goes over and actually forms the blood and, and the immune system for that year. Mm. Now, <coughs> people might say, well, you know, what happens to the reserve tank? Yeah. The problem, uh, what happens to the reserve tank is that every time a stem cell from the reserve tank goes over to form the blood, the cells of the blood and the immune system, that cell from the reserve tank re- renews itself. And because it renews itself, the number of stem cells in the reserve tank never gets depleted as a result of what we call that self-renewal. Mm-hmm. That's the basis of regenerative medicine. Gotcha. So if somebody, but what depletes the reserve tank is it can, in 10% of cases, it's genetics because okay. we, we, are, we inherit genes from our family members where it causes these cells to begin to f- mis- uh, malfunction. But r- really, what for the majority of people that causes the malfunctioning of the stem cells in the reserve tank is our lifestyle mm-hmm. and the environmental toxins that right. we're exposed to. So 10% is congenital. Or we inherit. Yeah. No, no. Right. We. Uh, I mean, uh, you mean as far as the diseases? Yeah. The yes, problems. The, the or problems. The, or the yes. shortcomings. Correct. Just yes. to simplify. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the ninety percent is the acquired, the aspects of our life that we actually contribute. Yes, and to. those things are what contributes to the damage to our immune system. Right. So, so let's talk about some of the examples, because you know, here we are. I remember the first time I was introduced to stem cells. I thought in terms of cord blood, mm-hmm. right, newborn yes. cord blood, placental, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. and that's how most people was introduced. This is where it is, and yes. this is, you know, and if you have a baby or you harvest it or so forth and so on, you could save it, store it, you know. Uh, the obviously, midwives were known for the taking the placentas and drying mm-hmm. it, and then you, you take it in capsule form, and right. people, some people make soup, and then there's mm-hmm. been movies about it, and people go, some people go, eh, yes. eh, yeah. some people go, no, it's great, it's yes. going to make you younger and mm-hmm. more virile and vibrant, and yes. so, so, and great for your skin, and, you know, those sort of things. Now, here we are, we're learning something 
absolutely new, mm-hmm. um, which I think for most people can be considered groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a brilliant look at the body and that these stem cells are actually, you don't have to necessarily go and outsource, mm-hmm. but they're, they're being produced yes. constantly. So, so here we are, we're moving to that direction and you're, you're enlightening us. Um, so, so when you look at the stem cell pool, you're saying that it's, it can continue and, um, we can have this reserve, but let's talk about these items that can deplete that reserve mm-hmm. in lifestyle yes. so that we can get people to really see right. how we play into that. Yes. So I think that <coughs> if you ask me to put it in perspective of the 90%, yes. right, we talked about the genetics being 10%. Absolutely. So the 90% is, if we, st- if we look at it, one of, what's the most the one of the most important things that can affect our immune system? Mm-hmm. It's our food, mm-hmm. our diet. Yeah. Because in our diets, we we can eat foods that what we c- that are called inflammatory or foods that are not inflammatory, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because inflammation is actually what depletes the function of the stem cells within the bone marrow right. that causes further perpetuates right. immune you know immune dysfunction. Right. So, which are one and the same. Which I always tell my patients, immune system, inflammatory system, same thing. Yes, it's one produces the other. Yeah. The immune system produces inflammation which it can be acute, which we need. Right. So if we have a viral infection or right. infection, we need right. acute inflammation. Right. So and we need the Im- immune system to respond to that, yes. produce the a- acute inflammation, yep. but then the immune system needs to calm down. Right. Where diseases come in would be chronic inflammation. So all diseases have a basis of chronic inflammation. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. coming back to the immune system, if the immune system is working well, yes. and that chronic inflammation does not exist because the immune system is now working well, yep. diseases don't occur. It does its job. It you does. have the, the acute inflammation, right. more white blood cells and blood, and everything gets to where it needs to get to, so right. forth and so on, and then everything calms down. Correct, yes. So inflammation in itself is not bad, and it's the chronic It's the chronic inflammation yes. okay, that actually it. causes the diseases. Mm-hmm. And so if we now come back to the, the original question about let's take foods. Mm-hmm. So foods can cause... Uh, inflammation because if we're eating if we even if we eat a very healthy diet which right. is full of which is a whole food plant-based diet and that's the one which I is a discussion is so yes because yes. as you know right. a person comes to you a patient comes to you and says right. oh, I eat healthy mm-hmm. one person saying what healthy is doesn't define what the other person thinks is healthy is right. <laughs> right. yes and, and, and absolutely <laughs> and I think that the 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 aspect of health is personalized to each individual exactly yes. so we, we then have to go back and say well okay Everyone says, well, it's a whole food plant-based diet. Yes, but mm-hmm. on the other hand, that's the sort of beginning of the basis of the discussion you have with each individual about which, is the, which are the best components of that whole food plant-based diet, which is anti-inflammatory for each individual. And that's the part of the, the type of medicine I practice, which is precision, personalized, immune, regenerative mm-hmm. medicine. Yes. So it's also the future. It's not just about stem cells. It's about precision medicine. It's precision medicine. Individualizing yes. the person, not right. creating a blanket treatment for everyone. Correct. Because that's where we've come short, I think, overall in yes. all medicine. Yes, creating exactly. these protocols that right. are not individualized but mass applied. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and people, unfortunately, will not always respond. Yes. Uh, and, and that's right. So if you look at you know genetics, you find that there are certain genes that people have inherited, mm-hmm. which means that the particular medication they're taking mm-hmm. is not going to work. Yeah, yeah. But nevertheless, we prescribe the medications yeah, yeah. and we... Just s- because. Yes, exactly. And we wonder, well, if it's not working, why is it not right, working? Because right. we haven't gone back to the root cause of the problem. Yes. So, so I know our listeners are probably, their ears are perked up. Okay, get back to the, uh, what are the inflammatory foods? 
Yes. <laughs> so give us something that because I know in my medicine it's pretty basic which is traditional Chinese or holistic what have you it's, we usually say okay white flour white sugar mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes. too much uh, right. cow dairy like cheese yes. damp damp flummy yeah. foods right yes. uh, well w- it, what's interesting about it is that and we talked about this individual people mm-hmm. di- responding to individual individual foods so we talk about white flour we mm-hmm. talk about bread mm-hmm. uh, as being not not the same the best food for each individual but what we find is if we look at certain markers which which sort of uh, tells us about uh, inflammation which triggers inflammation we have to think about blood sugar and we have to think about insulin and those Mm. are easily measured and so when studies have been done personalizing the intake of these types of foods in different individuals what you find is that what might be you might consider to be a healthy food which is a banana and an unhealthy food, which is a cookie. Mm-hmm. You find that there are some people who, when they take a cookie, right. actually the rise in their blood sugar is very controlled, right. and you don't get a, very, a, a, a spike in their blood sugar and right. a spike in their insulin, right. which, we, which, which is predicts for what's called a metabolic syndrome, which is basically inflammation. Right. So there, there's some people who will take that cookie, and they don't respond to it in the way that we negatively. Was yeah. negatively. Yeah. Whereas that per same person taking a banana yeah. will respond negatively, yeah. Yeah. and then vice versa. Fortunately, for the majority of the population, you have that individuals who will eat the banana, mm-hmm. and you get a slow rise in blood sugar mm-hmm. and a, a, a slow rise in insulin, so you right. go, don't get those peaks. Um, and it's uh, and that's that's the reason why we tend to generalize and yeah. say that each person should do that. But <coughs> when coming back to personalized medicine, when we measure that for each individual, we can tell them the specific foods that are good for them and the ones that are not good for them mm-hmm. that creates inflammation. Yeah. And if we were to do more of that, we'd find the big problem we have of the metabolic syndrome going on to diabetes, right. going on to all the chronic diseases associated with diabetes, we can solve that problem. Mm-hmm. And because, again, it comes back down to foods triggering inflammation mm-hmm. that we're not aware of. Right. So, so immunology, which is your background, mm-hmm. and, and just to share a quick uh, journey, you actually were born in Trinidad. Yes, yes. <laughs> where my heritage is from. Right, right. And then you ended up in Scotland at the Correct. age of. Yes, I was there in my early teens. Right, mm-hmm. and then from and you were in Scotland for many years. I was in Scotland on. Uh, I was in Scotland until I was in my uh, uh, sort of mid thirties. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but because by that time I had al- already uh, specialized. Um, I graduated from medical school when I was 22. Mm, wow. And then I finished my mm. training. <coughs> so by the time I was 30, I was the head of my department. Right. And, um, and so I, and I specialized very early in terms of my, uh, my specialties of intern, uh, t- because we had to go through mm-hmm. this formal tra- training process mm-hmm. where you would do internal medicine, then you would do hematology, oncology, mm-hmm. and then you specialize in bone marrow transplantation. Right. So I came from Scotland to the University of Miami because I was recruited from Scotland to come to the University of Miami to develop the bone marrow transplant program. Mm. And I, I, I was the clinical director of that program, and we saw it from its inception until mm. it became an established program. And then following that, I was asked to come to Bethesda Hospital, Mm -hmm. where I established an outpatient 
bone marrow transplant program, which is currently where our institute is. And we rebranded the institute in 2001, and um, it's now called the Maharaj Institute of Immune Regenerative Medicine. And right. We're based in Boynton Beach. Right. Yes, which I've been to, and I think it's phenomenal. Yes. And uh, so we come full circle now. So the immunology, bone marrow transplant, all of it's connected to then the stem cell transplant. Yes, exactly. And, and then what I learned, too, is that now people are thinking, in the most part, it went from going uh, to to maybe getting other people's stem cells out mm-hmm. of cord or something that's been stored or what have you yes. and then somehow utilizing your body mm-hmm. that's really changed also to some people going into specialists to say okay we can take it from your hip bone mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Uh, but you're using a more efficient sort of um, I don't even know what the word is but a, but a, but a wonderful way of triggering the body's own stem cell production, healthy stem cell production, yes. and then harvesting it. So tell us about your process and procedure right. and how it differs from all these other ones that we've heard of, yes. which in some cases can be dangerous and yes. for the individual <coughs> and, mm-hmm. and, and in most cases not even effective. So Right. So, so the process that we use is basically... Uh, it's it's a continuation of the pioneering work that we did in Scotland, which was basically that if you had... You would imagine that somebody who has leukemia, that their their prognosis is poor. Uh, And although we've made great advances, there are many types of leukemia for which in which that is still uh, still the case. But we what we pioneered was the fact that even though somebody had had leukemia and leukemia starts in a stem cell. Cancer starts with a stem cell. Mm. So if you imagine that bone marrow we talked about, now you have normal stem cells, but you have stem cells that have got mutations, which has caused those stem cells to become leukemic. And they proliferate quickly, so they suppress the normal stem cells. So we developed a technique where what we would do is suppress the leukemic cells and allow the normal stem cells to recover, and then we would take some and freeze it, Mm. and then wipe out the bone marrow and put the cells back in, and then it would restore the person's immune system, and as their immune system restored, their cancer would be treated and they would have long-term survival. Wow. And so you are you have cases that this has happened. Yes, absolutely. We have throughout my career we've had uh, successes where for example what comes to mind immediately a young man who I treated many years ago with a Hodgkin's lymphoma where basically he was told that there was nothing that could be done for him. We we did the same process. We restored his immune system using his own stem cells. And he went on to lead a to, to to live a normal life. He's got a family now that's do that, and he's doing well with that. We have many many cases like that where we were able to show that we could restore the immune system by using the individual's reserve of stem cells, which were which were not affected by the disease process. Mm-hmm. So the, now we come back to what different people are doing. Some people say, well, they'll take stem cells, they'll go into bo- the bone marrow and extract the stem cells and in- inject it into a knee, for example. Right. In my opinion, uh, that actually, it may work, but it may not work. And here's the reason why. If you have somebody who's got inflammation and people who have inflammation of the joints, their overall body is inflamed. They're just manifesting it in certain areas. That inflammation is also affecting the bone marrow. And the stem cells in the bone marrow, when it's it's surrounded by an environment of inflammation, those cells undergo mutations and they, when the mutations occur in those stem cells, they become what's called senescent. 
And as they become senescent, they're producing more inflammatory cytokines, which is suppressing the function of the cells within the bone marrow. Mm -hmm. So somebody goes, takes a needle, goes into the bone marrow, extracts those stem cells. They may be getting some normal stem cells, but they're getting a lot of senescent stem stem cells. And if they take that and then inject it into somebody's joints or hips or whatever, it it just depends on the, the, the function of those cells that they're putting in, whether the patient is going to get a good outcome versus a poor outcome. The method that we used, that we developed many years ago, was that if you give a protein that the body naturally produces in the bone marrow, and you give that protein as an injection, the, the stem cells, the normal stem cells within the bone marrow, will be released into the blood. And the bone marrow is very selective. It does, it te- it does not release the abnormal stem cells containing, those senescent cells are not released. So what we're getting in the blood is really a very, it's a very high level of normal stem cells that are circulating because we're simulating what happens to the body when there's injury. Mm -hmm. So if somebody has a stroke and you measure the circulating levels of stem cells in the blood immediately after a stroke or for the next week, what you find that there's an increased number of stem cells because the bone marrow is releasing those stem cells into the blood Mm -hmm. to go to the brain to be able to help to to control that damage and reduce that inflammation. Mm -hmm. Similarly, somebody has a heart attack, the same thing occurs. What we're doing is we're just simulating the same process. Mm -hmm. And so what we're saying is that during the time, if somebody who is basically saying, well, I want to be proactive about my health and I want to first, I want to maintain my immune system because aging is a cause of decline of the immune system. So if somebody is saying, well, I want to maintain my immune system, but I want to be certain that I can maintain it. And one of the things that we do is we say, okay, let's take some of your stem cells, but the cells of your immune system after we've mobilized it or we've given this protein for five days. And when the levels of stem cells in the blood are very high and the cells of the immune system are seven to 14 fold increased, we take some of that and we freeze it. And we freeze it at a temperature of minus 159 degrees centigrade. Those cells are not aging. Mm -hmm. Those cells are actually, now we've got a person whose immune system is stored for them. So it's like having a twin in the bank that's not aging. So so your patients as well can see this on paper Mm -hmm. because you do all of the blood testing you do and you go through this with them. So you show them their baseline, you show them as you're stimulating their immune system. The increase and the improvement that occurs, yes. Right. Mm -hmm. So this is a something that they can be engaged in. It's yes. not something that's a mystery, you know, because the other methods sound a little mysterious, mm-hmm. whereas, okay, here you go, this is what I'm giving you, and this is what I'm putting in you, and there's no real sort of baseline mm-hmm. or idea of, okay, is this gonna work, is it working, am I gonna feel worse, better? Mm-hmm. You're showing them, this is your body, this is what I'm gonna do, this is what is now done, and yes. then we're gonna extract that, and mm-hmm. we're gonna put this here, yes. or what have you. That's correct, I mean, what we do is we, we, we use a very sophisticated test of the blood, mm-hmm. which looks at about 100 markers of the blood, right. of the cells of the immune system. So <coughs> we, can t- we can measure somebody's blood and we can show them whether their immune system right. and the cells of the immune system are normal or whether they're abnormal. And if they're, if they're abnormal, we know, right. based upon the studies that and the data we have, that, thi- that people are going to get diseases. It's just a question of which, group, which disease that they're going to get. Right. Whereas if the immune system and the tests that we're doing shows that it's normal, then we know that those people are not going to get diseases. So as an example, I have different patients who come to see me at different ages. I have a 90-year-old lady, and we have others like that. When we measure her immune system, it's completely normal. 
and she's fully functional and she basically is being proactive because she wants to know what's going to happen to me in the next five years, mm, etc. Yeah. So she doesn't she want any decline. She doesn't she want to decline it. if yeah. she can avoid it because she knows that the data shows that if you look at those individuals who live in what we call the blue zones, the people who live to be 100 and healthy or over, and you measure their immune systems, it's normal. Mm -hmm. And that's the te these are the tests that we're doing to be able to show the patients that we have. Now, unfortunately, for the majority of people, the immune system begins to decline at 40. Right. And at 65, it takes a nosedive. Mm -hmm. And that's what we call normal aging. So if you look at the average f for the population, the average, based upon the data we have, the average male is going to live to be about 82, mm -hmm. and the average female is about 86. And that's the question we can't say, based upon those statistics, is that where is that 82 or 86 going to live? Are they going to live at home and healthy, or are they going to be living in a nursing home where assisted living, yeah. is yeah. assisted living? Mm -hmm. or in Florida, for example, we have 750,000 people mm -hmm. who are living in nursing homes or assisted homes where they don't know where they live because right. they've got some form of dementia or Alzheimer's right. disease. Our goal is we want people to live healthy lives. We're not saying we want people to live to be 2,000 years or 120. No, it's quality of life that yes. really every that is really important. <laughs> and that's the reason why we have... I have used my experience over the years of treating very, very severely ill patients, but learned about the importance of the immune system. And now what I'm applying it to is to help people to be proactive. Yes. And don't wait till the diseases occur, but let's do something about it early because it's a lot easier to change lifestyle. It's a lot easier to change the toxin exposures we, are, we, are, we have which affects our immune system. But the only way we could know that is to measure it and see where it is. Right. And then we change our lifestyles and we change the, the things that we can do. So through your expertise, <coughs> patients can find um, help with a myriad of systemic issues, obviously, <coughs> blood-oriented cancers, as well as spot treatments to the spine, bone, localized joints, so forth and so on. And how do they get in touch with you? Because I know you have people flying in from around the world yes. to your institute. And um, there's obviously a process. Sometimes it takes a few days which uh, I, I, I've seen your students very accommodating in that sense. But uh, tell us how to get in touch with you. So, uh, so the, um, our telephone number for the institute, it's the Maharaj Institute of Immune Regenerative Medicine. Mm -hmm. Our telephone number is 561-752-5522. We're also on, on the web. Um, you know, it's, it's Maharaj Institute mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. they would look for. Um, but I think often we like the personal touch, and that is that if people are interested in what we're doing, we have our patient navigators who are all there right. waiting to hear from people to be able to help them to right. do to you know to experience what we're offering. Well, this has been phenomenal, <laughs> really exciting, and uh, to know that we're in this place at this time in this uh, era of health that we can now have these options. And if anyone has missed any part of the show, there are podcasts and you can get this information uh, via iTunes, Apple Podcasts, PRX, Public Radio Exchange. And of course, you can email me, drken at drkengray.com. And we thank you for joining us. And this has been another wonderful Maximum Health Quality Living. Thank you, Dr. Maharaj. Dr. Gray, thank you very much. Yeah. And it's, it's been a pleasure being here. And I appreciate very much what you're doing to help the community to maintain health. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. See you next time. <laughs>